Have you ever entered a mini stop or a 7 Eleven or a Starbucks and encountered a bunch of 20 somethings being so loud and speaking very exaggerated English? Have you felt like cringing? Have you ever watched local TV variety or public affairs shows and heard the hosts or interviewees mangle the king's English? Have you ever spoken like this? Hello, I'm George, and welcome to your masterclass brought to you by Cutprint Productions. I have with me two communication specialists who will give us some tips on how we can improve our English language proficiency. I'm talking about RV Villamarzo, an LD guru and a coach and mentor, and CB Benares, an LD consultant and a rapper who wrapped it up. Gentlemen, Welcome once again. Hello, uh, and he really did it, RV. He really said it. Hello, George. Thank you for inviting well, us again. Oh boy, it's a pleasure for me. I mean, you know, it uh, somehow gives me more time to rest and listen and learn from you guys, right, RV? And speaking of mangling English, that was a great way to mangle English. The rapper who I think that up. was a really witty wordplay. So I'll give that to you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> the, you know, uh, speaking of those things, uh, do, do you ever encounter this? Uh, uh, it's on Facebook, Lynn nah. Niclea. What is it called? No, uh, she's, she's, a, she's oh. a she, right? Uh, her name okay. is Lynn Niclea. And uh, she's a language expert. I- and uh, she has this funny way of presenting things, including puns and um, everything. Um, it's so interesting. I keep on saving her material because I, I get to use it in my classes too. Lynn McClea. I'm sure okay, you're going to enjoy it. Okay, I'll check it out. Uh, how do you spell you ever, her last name? Yeah. Uh, M-I-C-L-E-A. Oh, M-I. Hmm. All right, I'll check C-L-E-A. it out. C-L-E-A. <clears throat> Yeah, very interesting. Okay, so um, I guess uh, we've been through the same boat uh, or in the same boat when we were uh, uh, pretty heavy on learning and development way, way back. Has someone ever asked you, CB, why you speak the way you do? A lot of times. Uh, in fact, it's either uh-huh. they ask me, how did, I, how, do I, how did I learn to talk this way? Or why do I talk this way? Or they ask me if I'm from the United mm-hmm. States. Yes, uh huh. I tell and, uh, them tell uh, I was I grew up speaking in English. It was my first language, and which is truth, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's the very policy. simple. Yeah, I don't. That's why it sounds natural. I don't try to mm-hmm. uh, exaggerate the story in any way. It's just I grew up with it. it's my first language. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I also tell them uh-huh. that. But believe it or not, I wasn't as fluent, or my vocabulary vocabulary wasn't as wide as it is right now that that i had mm-hmm. to learn that on my own i had to polish it up by myself because before i was pretty slang heavy uh even though i it was my mm-hmm. first language it was still very slang heavy and then eventually when well you you're a rapper that's <laughs> why yes that wrapped it up right <laughs> it was very slang heavy <laughs> but when i got to the profession of teaching uh i was uh, one of the thing one of the things that i was advised to do was to polish my English uh, by the book. And I did. I put some effort in it, um, tried to clean up the slang and be able to separate it from my professional persona. And uh, there, so here I am. 
Yeah, it worked. What about you, Arvi? Uh, have you ever been asked that question? Why you speak that way? Well, not in the Philippines. Uh-huh. Uh, because I don't think there's anything unusual about the way I, I speak in English. But th- there were a, a lot of times, like mm-hmm. in the US, mm-hmm. if I'd go to a mall and then I'd converse with, with, with people there, they would go, oh, you speak very well for an Asian. And then I thought that was very racist. It's like, yep. why? Uh-huh. <laughs> just, because, just because I'm Asian, I'm not supposed to know how to speak English. Uh-huh. And? And when it was no, no, like uh-huh. they, they'd ask me, "Were you born here?" Then I'd, you know, I'd say, "No, no, I just, I'm just visiting." And then I don't know what's so unusual about that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they get to talk to Asians who can't speak English, but I guess it depends on the area. Like in a predominantly white community, uh-huh. if they see Asians, I guess they equate them with with immigrants. Yeah, that's right. Uh huh. Like uh. Oh, what particular state did you go to where you you have that? Ah, uh, that was in Denver. Oh, in Colorado. Uh huh. Uh huh. All right, but uh, I guess in California it's not going to happen at all. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, everyone looks different. Uh-huh. Look, uh huh. Look, Let me ask you this: uh, You went to UC in uh, Irvine, right? Is it yeah. Irvine or Davis? Irvine? Irvine, all right. So you designed a, an English program uh, specifically for Filipinos. Uh, could you explain to us the process behind that? Well, uh, the way we speak English is limited by the vowel sounds that we already know from the Filipino language. Like okay. A-E-O. Uh-huh. So if someone tries to say, put a hat, a wear a hat in the hot hut, Mm-hmm. You know, like a, a Pinoy would go, wear a hat in the hat, the hat. <laughs> we don't have all of those vowel sounds. So uh-huh. I guess, you know, it's a matter of knowing how to produce the sounds that we normally do not produce in our lifetime right here in the Philippines. Especially the schwa sound, I suppose, which is the most used sound in the English language, right? Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, uh, CB? Uh, you said you, you don't really concentrate too much on uh, pronunciation, or uh, what do you concentrate well, on now? You're talking about classes that we run, and uh, is that is that what you're talking about? Like, yeah. Uh, by the way, L and D is learning, yes, and learning and development, right? So yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Now uh-huh. pronunciation pronunciation is still part of it, but we don't lean heavily on it. But I remember, like back then, uh, when we would run classes. I guess it depends on what what you're trying to teach them. But if you're headed towards the angle of neutral mm-hmm. accent and all these things, uh, pronunciation is definitely a part of it. And I agree with RV. Vowels, uh, vowels to consonants, it, it all goes there. Like, uh, it all begins with, like what RV said, the A sound, where there's hat, hot, and hut. It starts with that, then different O sounds. Mm-hmm. And then it, it elevates, it progresses all the way to, to consonant sounds and how, how they're pronounced in certain words. Like, uh, Filipinos like to say actually a lot, right? Uh, versus if, if there's, mm-hmm. but there's a rule that if it's a TUA, then usually it's said with a CH and actually, and and so yeah, and then all those things we also teach uh-huh. that. Um, but what we found mm-hmm. that what we found if you're if you're gonna take a side accent, if you you're gonna take a side trying to neutralize, I'm throwing air quotes again, neutralize the accent and keep their accent, but still work on their fluency. Um, one of the things that we mm-hmm. found effective is targeting what you call the thought process because there's such a thing as a Filipino thought process. When the person's Filipino or whatever your ethnic, ethnicity is, 
whatever it is your thought process, uh, your thought process, that's your primary language. And when you want to speak in English, what happens is you think of the idea, your brain translates it, and then that's when you say it. But sometimes some of the words mm -hmm. or some of the sentence construction gets lost in that translation. Mm -hmm. And that's what we focus on. Um, mm -hmm. Most of the time, and, and because we, the, the people that we teach, they're already adults. And English is somewhere there. Mm -hmm. they, they already know how to, you're not teaching them from blank. They already know how to speak this. They understand this. It's a matter of getting them to learn how to say it properly. And one of the biggest mysteries of when you're teaching English to adults is I in, in classes or in sessions that I run, here's the, here's one of the one of the mysteries is isn't it weird that when they watch a movie, like an English movie, they perfectly understand what's going on. They do. And mm -hmm. but magically when they when they talk about the movie, the movie gets translated in Filipino. They're able to do that with a snap. They understand English when it's coming in. They're able to they're able to identify if somebody speaks English very well or if someone's grammar is right. But when it's their turn to their turn to say it, there's difficulty. There's, there's yeah, there's difficulty. They're struggling for vocabulary uh -huh. and all that. And that a lot of times is caused by the thought process. When they watch something, when they listen to something in English, mm -hmm. their brain automatically translated into Filipino, and then they understand it. And then when it's mm -hmm. time for them to talk, mm -hmm. they think in Filipino first, and then they translate mm -hmm. it. And so one of the things that we do is mm -hmm. we train people to change that thought process, to have a switch. If you're speaking in Filipino, then your thought mm -hmm. process should be in Filipino. And if you want to speak in English, mm -hmm. you should train yourself to change that thought process into English and so that it doesn't get caught in what we call transliteration. Yep. That's right. You know, um, I, I always say this to, to my classes. Um, how can you possibly translate anak ng kamoting kahoy? You, you can't. I don't, I don't want, want to even want to try. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Because literally, it's supposed to be a child of a wooden yeah, sweet potato, yeah. right? So, and, 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 yeah, and if you want to, <laughs> if, if you want the impact to impact the state, you, you change the word child to son, son of a sweet potato. <laughs> uh huh. And it's supposed to be wooden yeah, right, sweet, potato. Cowboy, wooden sweet potato. But then I get it when it lands. And, and that's a whole other box. Yeah. Inhumanity. That's, that's a whole people inhumanity right. expression, right? <laughs> so, well, yeah, that's a whole other yep. box. Inhumanity expressions, slangs, and all these things are. Play a, play a significant role in learning the language. Uh-huh. What about you, RV? What's your take on that? Well, actually, what CB is talking about is, is uh, it's easier said than done. Like, for example, if you remember, one of the ways by which we would interview applicants would be, hey, what was the last movie that you saw? And then they'd mm -hmm. you know, think of some movie. And then when we asked them, how did you find it? Oh, I found it through YouTube. <laughs> you know, it's like okay. Um, apparently, when we translate things uh -huh. from English back to our Filipino language, it's it, it doesn't make sense. Uh -huh. Just like the son of the ano kamoting kahoy. You know, I remember uh, we were working together that time. Uh, I think uh, CB was still a kid that time. Um, this agent, I will not go down on you, sir. Remember that? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, please tell me that's a true story. I wish I was in that room. <laughs> is that allowed in a podcast, George? Yeah, it is allowed. Yeah. Okay. So, 
You, you were right. monitoring there are them, no right? Cuss words. Yeah. Oh, no, wait, wait. Pod, podcast. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We yeah, can. we we can. We, we, can. we want okay, this so, to be a little so tell bit them. yeah wholesome, mm-hmm. but we we we. <laughs> but yeah, it could be some whole, you, you know. You this is master class <laughs> in, in the first place. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Tell tell them all about it. RV, you were the one who monitored that. So there was this customer who was very angry. He started, you know, like saying all the bad words on the planet. And then this very conservative, very traditional Filipino call center agent wanted to say, sir, even if you're using those words on me, I'm not going to stoop down to your level and use those words uh, when I talk to you. But of course, I mean, that was the thought behind what she wanted to say. And she ended up saying, sir, even if you're saying those words, I'm not going to go down on you. And then the American customer goes, but I didn't ask you to do that. <laughs> and there's another one. There's another one. Like uh, uh, the 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 apparently the agent couldn't understand the customer, and the customer was so perplexed already. So he asked, "Do you know where I'm coming from?" And agent says, "Yes, sir. You're from winner. Chicago." I yeah. think that's a winner. <laughs> He does know. He doesn't know where he is from. <laughs> Those are true stories. I believe you. Like you, you can't make you miss. That's true. Like if if you, if you have been, especially in the BPO or customer service industry, you would hear a lot uh-huh. of these things. Uh, and so I'm at the level right now in which I I can't choose, and my brain just gets stuck. There are too many stories. <laughs> You know that's why that's why I, you know I, I insist I insist that uh, my students submit idioms every day, especially for communication classes. You know why? I told them if you use wrong idioms, you'll sound like an idiot. <laughs> that's a that's a See? bit strong, but yeah, they, that, that also makes sense. If you use too much uh, the wrong yeah. idiom, you're gonna sound like an idiot. But I like that. Maybe I, I'm. You know what? Right. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna try that. It's it's a fun assignment. Every day, submit an idiom. Yeah. Because what happens is it there and report the meaning. They have to know right, the meaning of right. the idiom and demonstrate right. how to use it. Uh, yeah, I think that's good uh-huh. because it, if you're getting them to submit at least one Id- idiom in a, a day, at some point they're looking things mm-hmm. up and and their search of what they're going to submit for the day. They also come across others and. Unconsciously, they're just trying. To, some of them may be just doing it to comply with the homework, but they're they're learning. Yep, they're learning right. whether they like it or not. They're mm-hmm. learning because it's going to register in their brain. I think that's pretty clever. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep that in my back pocket. Thanks for that tip, George. Yeah, right. Harvey, mm-hmm. uh, tell me something. Okay, you were one of the originals. Uh, CB would put it uh, of the BPO industry uh, since uh, the early '90s, right? And uh, <laughs> so old. That's hammering it down. <laughs> anyway, uh, what's the difference between uh, uh, newbies before and uh, agents before and the agents nowadays and wow, the newbies nowadays? Question. I want to hear that. I think, I mean, based on what I've been hearing, the quality might have actually improved because back then, like 30 years ago, people who speak with a neutral accent were sort of rare. Mm-hmm. But now any kid who grows up watching, you know, cartoons, mm-hmm. they kind of already have that sort of a neutral accent. Mm-hmm. I, I suppose, George, what is getting a little bit weird though would be their grammar. 
Because oh. like you said, no one goes through formal diagramming anymore and they don't know mm-hmm. what it is. So when it comes to forming a sentence which is a little bit more academic, they're probably going to have a little bit more difficulty. Mm-hmm. And uh, how, how, do you, how do you somehow counteract that? I mean, you know, uh, the grammar thing. Like uh, you're still in learning and development. So how, uh, how do you take care of those uh, concerns? Well, two, two ways. So one would be to go back to the fundamentals and teach them all about grammar. It could take a long time though, because yeah. it's so difficult uh-huh. to unlearn. Mm-hmm. Uh, like for example, did followed by the past tense. It's like oh, every yes. person uh-huh. does that enough. Uh-huh. Did you <laughs> eat already, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then the other approach would be to through error analysis. It's like we make them write something or make them say something and point out the error that they're they're making on the spot. So that way, it's not a shotgun approach. It's very targeted. We work only with the mistakes that they're actually committing. Mm-hmm. So that's how you do it nowadays. What about you, CB? In in your area of the world, how do you do it? How do you how do you somehow improve the grammar of your? I trainees? would say very similar to what. The last thing that RV shared, uh, we we let them either write something or let them do free speech, and then you correct what mm-hmm. they're you correct what they're saying because what um, like uh, what we're trying to fix, what we're actually trying to fix is the thought process. The words are somewhere there; they understand the words, but you're practicing how to get it out. So you put them in a position where one, mm-hmm. they correct themselves. They have to correct themselves. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times when they, they write a paragraph or they write, they write an essay and they, they read it, right? And then you, when you point out to them a sentence that has an error and you tell them, what do you think is wrong here? Without giving them the correction, just hinting on it, they eventually find it. They always eventually find it, which means it's, it's somewhere there. You can guide them to it, but it's somewhere there. Um, and that's what we do. Uh, same with free speech. You're going to say like, oh, you said, let's say they say something like, we're gonna, right? We're gonna. Mm-hmm. And then you say, you write that sentence down and then you tell them, what do you think, what do you think needs to be fixed here? And they're going to pause a little bit mm-hmm. and then they're going to figure it out. Uh, they're say, they're going to say it's we're gonna. All right. Then how do you say it better? And then they're going to change it. Uh, mm-hmm. I will, or I am going to very good. Can you? say the entire mm-hmm. sentence with the correction, and then they'll say it. And you progress mm-hmm. that way. But like Barbie said, it takes time. That's one. It takes a lot of time. But the upside is it's targeted. The good thing about that <clears throat> is you're not just feeding them the words. They're really working on their own words. They're, work, they're working on how to say what they want to say. And I think that's one of the theories that is found effective in adult learning. Uh, what's your take on this? Um, I do this. I might be wrong uh, whenever I'm doing it. Uh, what's your take on oral English is more forgiving than written English as far as the grammar is concerned? Yeah, like, absolutely. Uh, would you agree to that? Like uh, when you write something, you have to be almost perfect in grammar, of course, because you can see it, right? But when you're saying it, like, uh, you know, I, I, I rarely hear people say, uh, there are so many things going on. It's always, there's so many things yes. going on, right? And that's uh, grammatically wrong. Uh, am I in correct? In no way, yes. There's something missing there. Uh-huh. There is so many things going on. That's grammatically wrong. So many is plural. Yes. Right. Uh huh. So, uh, why is it that uh, oral English, spoken English, is more forgiving 
than the written word. Let's uh, let's have. I'd like to know what RB thinks first. <laughs> uh huh. I know he's, he's <laughs> the guru. <laughs> no, that guru. Like, well, there's this thing called colloquial English. So I'm right. reading. It's very informal. Uh, it's non-academic, and, and you can say pretty much anything as long as it's being used by everyone else. Mm-hmm. Then it sort of uh, becomes accepted. As a matter of fact, you know they they say that English is a language that's alive precisely because it's evolving. Things that used to be wrong are becoming normal, mm-hmm. uh, and there are certain words that are you know continually changing its meaning. So it's one of the characteristics of a language that's alive or living. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a way, and, and plus, if you speak really fast, some people can't even catch the mistakes anymore. Yep, right. But when someone writes something, you know, it's so easy to read back like a couple mm-hmm. of sentences, and then you you go, oh look, there's an error right there. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit difficult to to pretend. That you're correct if you're writing something than when you're speaking. Uh, you're right. Would you attribute that to um, creative license? Like, for instance, Boys to Men said on bended knee, there's no such thing as bended. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Awesome. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> or I can't get no satisfaction, right? Uh, yeah, which is double negative. Right? No. Yeah. Yep, so that's it. Um, I guess um, some people might attribute that to uh, creative license, so they get away with that. Of course, uh, you don't even know if it is a valid uh, reason. You know, uh, just uh, about a week ago, um, I was talking with our producers. uh, You know her, uh, Patsy, right, Uh, RV? Yeah. uh, uh, They featured Jet Pangan and the music of the dawn. And of course, uh, the most popular song of the dawn is Envelope Ideas, right? So I asked uh, Patsy, what's the meaning of Envelope Ideas? And she's, well, she admitted she really didn't know. Because I said, if it's Envelope Ideas, yung idea nasa sobre, it's inside an envelope. But if you're, if you're pent up with an idea, it's Enveloped Idea, right? Oh, I never thought of it that way, George. Don't know the song. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up after this. <laughs> CB, you're no, not that well, young. I know the dawn. Um, when you said like the uh, the the most popular song, the dawn was "Envelope Ideas," and my brain was my brain was like, "Is uh-huh. it isang bangka tayo?" So I was like, "Wasn't it that?" Or did I miss something there? Or uh, was this uh, "Salamat"? Salamat for me is like. Um, no, those are the latter songs. Uh, Envelope Ideas oh. was the most popular. And it's still bothering me until now. I haven't spoken with Jet about that. Uh, of course, the one who wrote the song has passed on already. So we'll never know what you really meant by that. But as, as far as I'm concerned, if uh, if you're going to be a stickler for what pronunciation or whatever, it's Enveloped Ideas. Yeah, I never thought of that, George. Like I would have completely accepted it as correct. Yeah, uh-huh. like, plus it sounds kind of poetic. <laughs> it's a song, so yeah. Uh huh. Again, creative license. Creative license. Uh, license, which is anchored <laughs> by colloquial English. <laughs> right. But uh-huh. what about this song, George? Forbidden love, forbidden. Oh, like this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's uh, the I sounds versus the accents. <laughs> <laughs> What about the underneath the Mr. the mistletoe last night, right? Oh, oh, my goodness! Oh, it's almost Christmas. Can you imagine that? 
It's almost just like that. That's it's 2021. Just like that. Just like that. Uh huh. And we haven't even experienced freedom. Yeah, we just we just get little doses of it uh, every now and then, but with Uh with uh, carefulness. <laughs> okay, let me ask you, uh, CB first. So, what do you think is the future of uh, the BPO industry? Uh, is there some truth to uh, people saying AI is going to take over and uh, Filipino agents will soon be non entities? I think uh, there's some truth uh, when they say like AI is going to take over, but uh, it will only take over to mm-hmm. a certain part of it because some, some things that the BPO really does can be automated. That's fact. It's just a matter of figuring out the algorithm and the science, especially. That mm-hmm. just makes sense to me. It's just a matter of when. Um, however, I don't think that representatives will eventually will really disappear. They might evolve to different roles, but the human touch always has to be there. Mm-hmm. There's value in it, and I think there. Mm-hmm. Um, they, we just have to be ready to adapt to what what it's what's what it will evolve to in the future. But yeah, I, th- I think AIs will be mm-hmm. there, uh, but reps will are also there to stay. It's just a matter of uh, keeping up with the times. Mm-hmm. What about your RV? What's well, the I lifespan? Think, uh, yeah, like I think technology is pretty scary now. Yeah, right. Like I heard there's NLP, natural language processing. You know, and you can't they, even do a voiceover anymore. They, uh, you know, oh, yeah. a, a, a computer will do that for you. Right, speech alone, uh, uh-huh. stuff like that, products uh-huh. like that. And and here's something weird, George. Uh-huh. There is a company that you know gets people to audition to read something. Mm-hmm. And what they say is if you read a particular sentence that represents all the possible sounds of the English language, mm-hmm. they will then you know, get your voice and they can pretty much create sentences out of the, voice, out of the syllables that you recorded. So that's scary. Can you imagine? Yeah. There's a George somewhere mm-hmm. who's able to read absolutely any script because they captured... You know, your voice. They got a recording of each of the syllables that exist in the language. They do that with instruments already. Like, you know, um, for instance, you, you want to arrange a song and you want the drums to sound like Steve Gadd's, for instance. You can get a Steve Gadd sample and that's it. Steve Gadd's playing your music. Wow. Right? The Nord keyboard, the stage two keyboard is amazing. Uh, what do you want? Uh, you want a Steinway? Uh, uh, you want uh, an upright piano? You want a Yamaha? Everything is there. Sampled. So you can wow. just imagine if they were able to do that with, uh, with instruments, I'm pretty sure the voices would be a piece of cake for them. We're gonna. So, we're going out of business, are we? Well, there's 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 one thing <laughs> that um, there's one thing that we're also we also have, or we this technology has battling against. It's the element of choice, mm-hmm. human choice, and that mm-hmm. I think that's a nice that's a nice thought to lean on. Or with technology advancing, no matter how much how much of the tangible skill or the skill that can be mathematically calculated that we can do, at the end of the day, it's the human choice. It's the human ability to act to express uh, that can be canned. I don't think it mm-hmm. can be canned into something. It can be mimicked, it can be copied, but how it could switch the way a human does, that would be difficult. So, the- so you're talking about the warmth mm-hmm. here because uh, you know uh, the emotions can be copied, but I guess the warmth of a human being actually delivering it That's, is a yeah, totally warmth, different warmth, matter, right? uh, warmth, let's say in, in, in service, mm-hmm. the warmth is there, the sincerity, the sincerity uh-huh. is difficult to replicate. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, this, and the, if we're going to, mm-hmm. if we're going to, 
if we're going to compare it with music or use music also as another example for artists, right? Um, in, in the, in the industry they used to be in, uh, let's rap. I used to rap, like you guys mentioned. Um, there's something that we call mm-hmm. the flow. And the flow is when you capture that moment. And jazz artists do the same thing. You capture this moment in which words or the rhythm just comes out of you. Um, that's something that can't be mimicked. Um, and I guess that's, mm-hmm. it works the same way for the, for the industry. Because at some points, a level of creativity has to be there. Uh, a level of emotion has to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, your ability to be sincere has to be there. And that's a machine or a computer can sound like that, can mimic it but can't actually duplicate it because it's that's what makes us human. It's mm-hmm. a, it, That's what makes the, the customer service or the service industry all about caring about people. It's about understanding each other and it's going to take one to understand one human being to understand another human being. So I, th- I think that's why I think it's going to stay. Yeah. Although, although the, it's going to mm-hmm. be an uphill battle that most, most definitely with right, what the technology right. is going through. No, we don't even have a way of knowing what, uh, where technology is headed. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Right. What, Arvi? Um, did you ever consider doing rap? Or I know you do commercials and voiceovers, but rapping. The the closest thing that would I don't know the closest thing to rapping that I did was I memorized the lyrics of PM Don's "Caught Adrift in Memory Bliss." All right. And I, I, that's that's about my limit. I can't go faster than that. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, you can't you you, you you can't go faster than that. And another thing is, people will laugh you out of the shop. You know why? Why? The, ly- <laughs> the lyrics are wrong. It's set adrift. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my God! I have become the victim of the people that I laugh at. Right. Uh huh. Well, I guess uh, from someone who says Maria Curie, Curie, uh, Curie <laughs> <laughs> that's par for the course. <laughs> and and I guess George, I, I'd like to emphasize though that you know, like I did not grow up uh, with perfect English. As a matter of fact, I don't think I have perfect English. I have a lot of mistakes. But I guess the, the trick really is to keep on learning, uh-huh. because for sure, th- there's there's probably no one hundred percent as far as we're concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about learning, do you give private lessons to both of you? Like one-on-one private lessons? Wow. Yeah, like for instance, somebody wants to um, improve his or her English. And then, uh, Arvi, uh, can you give me a series of sessions? I want to be like you in a matter of months. Is that possible? I don't want to do that, George. <laughs> you don't want to do that. Why no. not? I don't know. Like, it seems so time-consuming. I think with the use of technology, we can already replicate ourselves. Like I don't know, make videos or come up with some modules that they can access online. Uh huh. That's what that's what I I was headed for. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Why don't we do that? Absolutely. That's a business idea right there. Uh huh. What do, What do you I think? It's a good business idea. And as far as her question that uh, do, <laughs> do I do that? Uh, I no, I haven't encountered uh-huh. a situation like that. Uh, the closest is uh, mm-hmm. a small session, like uh, a company would sign up for a small session. You got about uh, five to mm-hmm. eight people in the, in the class and that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I actually do that. And uh, RV's right. It's exhausting. It is. It more is. More than anything uh, else. And 
and uh-huh. this is where the back and forth with human and technology all over again because we can either record it and they can learn mm-hmm. from it or uh, you mm-hmm. can teach them at, you can teach them yourself and at the same time have that element of entertaining and connecting with them and it dep- I guess it always mm-hmm. all, at the end of the day it depends on what they what what they want eventually because um, I'm okay mm-hmm. there are some things that I'm okay with learning it online myself or learning it through an app myself. And there are some mm-hmm. things that I really would like someone to talk me through it, guide me through it, like a mentor. So yes, I guess it all depends on the learner, uh, what works for them. Um, we used to say there are different, different kinds of learners. You have auditory, visual, practical mm-hmm. learner, and maybe there's going to be a new phase to that, uh, a new category to that in which human to human versus human to AI, I don't know. That might happen in the future. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, uh, that's something we could develop. Uh, uh, probably some online classes, and then once a month or uh, one, uh, twice every month, we face the learner and uh, somehow validate what he or she learned from the online classes. That that's true. Awesome. Like, because if I'm gonna sum up, uh, if I'm gonna sum up the topic of like, how could we best learn English? Um, most basic things off the top of my head is number one, expose yourself to as much English media as you can. Uh, two, like what RV said last week, books. Expose yourself to books. It doesn't have to be a specific kind of book as so long as you're interested. Um, three, put effort in, put effort in expanding your vocabulary. Uh, one, of the, so one of the things like Filipinos mm-hmm. do is when they speak in English, they get caught in that moment where they're trying to translate. They say, what you call it, what you call it, what you call it. Um, and then they end up either saying That's it right. just in Filipino or they say they, they replace mm-hmm. it with a slang saying churva, churvaness, like on top of that, just because they don't have the mm-hmm. word. Challenge oh, yourself, yeah. find a word. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's somewhere there. Um, mm-hmm. And last but not least, um, no, two more points. Um, I guess one, yeah, always a third, you always have to make it fun for yourself. Like in any way, make it fun for yourself. Because if it's not fun, then it will, it can discourage you from learning it. And lastly, just be right. around supportive people, people that would actually be supportive of you and not make fun of you. And I guess that's one of the things that uh, why people hesitate to improve their comm skills or their English skills is when they start practicing it, mm-hmm. there are some people that they could that could make fun of them. They get ribbed. So, so long as you're with the people that are mm-hmm. supportive of you and you're having fun, the rest, I think, falls into place. Very nice. What about you, Arv? So last few words for this episode. I think CB got a comprehensive list right there. Mm-hmm. Maybe the only thing that I I really want to emphasize is that people should read more and they mm-hmm. should listen to, you know, native English speakers talk. So that way that's becoming their basis. That's mm-hmm. becoming their standard. Mm-hmm. Very good. You know, um I told you I do one-on-ones too. And but uh for my group classes, uh, there is a staple now. Uh, I I don't require it, but uh, most of my students have purchased it. Uh, It's a book that we used in second year high school. I don't know if you remember this, RV. It's called Word Power Made Easy by Norman Lewis. Oh, wow. And uh, it has significantly helped them with their vocabulary. See, and their diction, their choice of words. And it has become a tradition among my students to acquire that book and uh, practice it in my classes. Awesome. So that's it. Probably uh, those who are listening right now want to go. uh, I don't own the rights to that book. I don't own National Bookstore, but you could go to the National Bookstore 
and check it out. It's still in print, and uh, it's also available in Lazada and Shopee. Right? Again, thank you so much, CB, the rapper who wrapped it up, and uh, RV for joining us again. Uh, hope to see you again in future episodes. By the way, I have another live stream. It's called Boomer's Banquet. And on September 4th, that's the first Saturday of September and the first Saturday of the Burr months, I'm going to have Jose Marichan once again on Boomer's Banquet okay, to uh, somehow usher in the long Filipino Christmas season. That's going to be on September 4th on Boomer's Banquet. You could uh, catch it on FB Live and YouTube and Spotify and several other platforms. And to all of you out there, if you have any suggestions, comments, and questions about what we talk about here on MasterQuest, give us an email shout-out. Now that's uh, george at cutprintproductions.com george at cutprintproductions.com Till then, I'll see you again next week, hopefully with RV and CB once again. Thank you, gentlemen. And uh, you guys take care of yourselves. All of you listening, please take, take good care of yourselves. Ad maiorem Dei Gloriam. Good night and God bless.